Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's that time once again. T Watts and TR on the YouTube and podcast homes for BamaOnline.com. Travis Schreier. Senior analyst for BOL, joined by site publisher, Tim Watts. Tim, I got to know this first things first, and obviously a lot to get into on the show. We're going to talk some more Ryan Williams. We're going to talk Alabama in advance of its matchup with Michigan in the Rose Bowl. We got Alabama men's hoops to talk about. But first and foremost, how many, give me the Christmas tree count as it sits right now in Casa de Watts. How many do we have up now? I haven't been downstairs, but there's at least four that are within eye level. I try not to go too far because I'll run into one. You got your own lot right there. Well, she got the boys to help her, so those things got up a lot quicker because they're usually half-baked up until Christmas Eve. They're like half-tinseled. Remember those days of tinsels and big light bulbs? Yes. Oh, like man. Did, you, did you ever get that tinsel in your mouth, like on your hey, fillings or anything? I did that one you, time. That's all it took. I don't know why you, I was trying to eat it. Could, stick, sticks to your show, shoes, socks, little static electricity, the big bulbs. I like the big bulbs. These I little think, plastic bulbs, kind of lame. Not do you like effort. now? Are you a white light guy or do you like the mixed lights, the traditional? I just like colors? it like pick, you know, if you're going to go white light, just all white, make that almost a white looking tree. And then if you're going to be colorful, me personally, I, I probably like the tackiest tree compared to others. I mean, you could string up popcorn on mine. You could do anything on mine. I don't really have a, have any preferences. Um, I want it wild as it can get. Yeah. The wife is big on the uh, different colored lights. So uh, I'm looking at ours right now. We only have one tree in our place. So, you know, we're, we're, we're not quite you're a up poor. to standard. You're a there. poor is what you're yes, telling Yes, we're, we're the poors. Uh, but it's the, uh, it's the mixed lighting. It's not the white lights. Although I do have the, uh, the aroma of shortbread cookies mm. in my studio right now. You're blessed. So you're blessed shortbread cookies. Well, see, with happening. the multiple trees, you can just bring, you know, you can mix it up. You can do white light. You can do colorful light. We have Mardi Gras tree, Alabama tree. You know, you can kind of just mix it up. I think that's what she liked. She didn't know which one she liked the best, so she just did them all. There you go. That's one way to solve that. Um, you know, we've got uh, a lot of folks checking in here. Tuan, our guy. Uh, checking in from Naples, Florida. Uh, more Roll Tide greetings coming in via the messages and the chat here. Justin Summerlin with a Roll Tide. Uh, there he is again. Yeah. And uh, Bob wow. Rutherford. Yes, very, very loyal viewer. He's yes. usually first in, by the way. So, Bob, what's going on this morning? Slept in a little bit. Yeah. You know, it's a little sleepy this time of year on a Tuesday morning. But again, a lot to get into on the show today. Uh, we talk about bright lights and cheery and the holiday season and hasn't been all that cheery for some former Alabama quarterbacks to this point. I'm sure you watched the Monday night football, uh, had the double screen, uh, the double box Monday night football last night, Tim. And I'll say this, you know, it seems like we go months without a Monday night football game that's worth a damn. We had two 
on the same night. Split them up a little bit, guys. You know, don't put them on the same night. You know what's pretty good? interesting is did you really expect either to be that good? No. I mean, you had Miami was a huge favorite to me. I thought that was a – I mean, it's a bad loss. That is not it's a, a game you want to lose. Dolphins. You got a rough schedule coming up. The the, the Titans look good. I mean, they they took away the short pass. They attacked the ball. They pressured Tua. Tua doesn't – it wasn't a very good offensive game all around, but that offensive line is not going to do him any favors because the Dolphins are all about timing. And when you've got somebody coming like that, you're off time. And Tua tried to scramble a little bit. That's not really his forte. Um, just a bad game, you know. NFL yeah, the injuries were – yeah, the injuries were tough for the Dolphins going into the game, really. But then during the game, lose their starting center, I think. Um, Waddle went fumble. out for a minute. Tyreek went out. Tyreek, at the end of the game, was basically a decoy, it yeah. felt like, right? Yeah, and that SWAT center, that cost them, a, cost them inside the five, right? They had that fumbled uh, fumbled ball end up loop, fumbled it twice, really. Fumbled it, mm -hmm. picked it up, fumbled it again. Um, but a great game. I mean, Titans, I'm not a Titans fan, but they really, you know, they're probably pretty excited. I had friends that went down there and uh, to see the game. That had to be, you know, outstanding. And the Giants, don't count Daniel out yet, guys. Tommy Cutlets. Don't, don't count him out. <laughs> Tommy DeVito, man. How about that guy at the quarterback position for the Giants? Now, were you really buying that was his actual agent that they kept talking about? I mean, I think it made for good television, but I'm going to have to see some, like, NFL PA certification for that guy before I believe that was really his agent. Now, I'll say this for Tommy DeVito. He's doing a hell of a job of maximizing this window, right, in terms of image and all those things, because who knows when this is going to come to an end, but – He's going to have some things he can work off of from this. He had little a little stretch. Italian celebration I saw yeah. this morning. He had yeah. a, he had a good old school. The t-shirts are coming. You know all the merch is yeah. coming, Tim. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you get that kind of moment. I mean, I think you milk you milk it for all it's worth, right? I mean, Daniel Jones will be coming back. Um, they got a lot invested in Daniel Jones, I should say. I don't necessarily mean that he's coming back long term. But, yeah, you wonder how long that's going to last. Enjoy it while you can. Get your NFL NIL while you can, you know. He looks like he looks like he could have dated Meadow Soprano. Looks like Meadow Soprano's boyfriend before he got clipped, right? Yeah, yeah. She's a, she had some such uh, some 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 suspicious boyfriends on that show. By the way, I think the they New were York all Taylor Swift. Matt, all Meadow of them were Soprano. lashing out at Tony, I think. <laughs> But, but also yeah, for, for Jalen Hurts, for Mac Jones, Bryce Young. Not a good Tough week, stretch, yeah, man. Yeah, Bryce. I mean, uh, Bryce kind of looks just like – I mean, the pressure he gets. I mean, I was looking – I think he had over 45 sacks. But also the pressure he gets is nonstop. I think he's hearing it. You know, I watch this guy respect, talk about – Bryce is one of the most accurate NFL quarterbacks, believe it or not. He puts the ball where it is. They're just never open. There's never enough time. Um, but the other, I mean, the, the other, just a bad weekend all around. I mean, the Cowboys really, you know, laid the Eagles out. That's the second time in the row. I will say this, the Eagles, their stretch of five games was really tough, and their closeout's going to be a lot easier. They could mentally just need a break, need an easy game to come in and win where they don't have to, you know, do everything they're having to do with the big pressure. But weird year, weird weekend for Alabama – and then NFL. even Derrick Henry was held under like 30 yards, but he had, had the touchdown late, though. Had the touchdown late. Touchdowns and the game winner. So it feels like the Niners are an inevitability right now in the NFC, Tim. Um, well on their way to the number one seed. Although it seems like we say that every week about teams, 
And then the next week they get beat. You know, we were talking about Kansas City looking like a shoe in for the one in the AFC, and then they've dropped a couple now. Jacksonville, my Jaguars had a prime opportunity, blew it against backup quarterbacks each of the last two weeks. I look at the AFC. I mean, who wants the number one seed at this point? Yeah, there's a lot of uh, – there's not a great team. I agree with the 49ers probably have looked the best so far. You know, the biggest news we need to talk about is didn't I see Aaron Rodgers is cleared to play I think, uh, I think December 24th or Christmas something? Eve game. Yeah. That's, bana- that's literally banana. If he's able to come back and play this year at his age, not only that, but at his age, everything yeah. that happened – I don't know what all Aaron eats on his diet. Well, Aaron's a big alternative medicine guy. I was about to so say, who knows about what to have the Aaron Rodgers diet? <laughs> what plant he's been rubbing on it? You know what balms, vitamins? We'll see. Yeah. We'll see how it holds up. But uh, it'd be it amazing to for it. him to even touch the field. You know? Yeah. Oh, it's pretty amazing. It's just, you know, I remember Daquan Menzies. I think it was before the 2010 season. This is going back, and this does relate to Alabama football. And you remember Daquan came out of the junior college ranks. They brought him in, I think, in advance of that 2000. He had a ruptured Achilles during that offseason. And I just figured even back then there was no chance of him playing uh, in 2010. And he did. I don't know if he was entirely back during the course of that season. But back then, an Achilles was at least a year, at least, and probably more like 18 months or so. Right. And that's the first guy I really remember beating the clock, so to speak, with that kind of injury. Now we're seeing guys, you know, three or four months. Kirk Cousins is sitting there thinking, hell, I should be good to go for OTAs. Yeah, it's wild to me how much how things have uh, happened. It's like talking to my mom about stuff where she went to the doctor 30 years ago and didn't know they might have improved some things since then. So, um, yeah, it's pretty amazing how quick these guys get back on the field. But I also think it's, you know, a different lifestyle than when we were growing up. You know, the Kenny Stable laying in a bathtub full of ice while drinking beer method isn't – it's not the same. I mean, you North got, Dallas 40. I mean, yeah. one of the, I love the, like – I think it's Super Bowl two, but Lynn Dawson's at halftime listening to the coach smoking a cigarette in the locker room. Drinking a Coke. Like, are you kidding yeah. me? Vladdy <laughs> D-back smoking on the, in the green room on draft night. I mean, these <laughs> – there's a different – the stories aren't nearly as cool as they were, but also these guys are, you know, for the most part in better shape. If they're going to last that long, like LeBron James, a classic example, you can't do that without dedicating yourself, you know, health-wise, doing everything you're supposed to. Aaron Rodgers, very similar. So different animals right now. Speaking of different kind of players and athletes and people, Ryan Williams, as we talked about right here on the YouTube channel yesterday, live following his announcement that he would reclassify from the 2025 cycle to 2024, wanted to get into some additional thoughts you might have because that was a live program yesterday. It was all happening in real time. As you and Andrew pointed out, you had known this was coming for some time. So you were able to formulate some initial thoughts going into that segment that we did a day ago. But anything else that you want to throw in there now that we've had around 24 hours to let this thing marinate? Not really. I mean, tremendously talented guy. Every bit from a talent standpoint, absolutely could fit in in this class. Um, Even though he's only 16 years old, uh, his plan right now is to visit Alabama this weekend, take official visits in the second half of the recruiting cycle and sign in February. 
Um, I'm still curious to see how this shakes out. I think with Ryan, um, he's just had a lot going on. He's had a lot of decisions to make. I mean, even the the reclassification was, you know, kept kind of quiet for a long time. And we actually, we found out about it pretty early on through college coaches. But I think the people at Sarah Land, it was a little bit more, you know, a little bit, you know, less talked about at the time. Um and uh, but from a talent standpoint, the guy can play. You know, he's come was out in Alabama this past weekend, won a state championship on Friday, was there Saturday, going back to Alabama this weekend. So I'm still curious if Ryan's got some more surprises in store for us. But you know, nothing else. I mean, it's going to be a hot topic discussion, anyways. I mean, it was a big deal um, because there was some talk that he might flip and all. We knew he wasn't. I mean, their talk's cheap, but there was talk he could flip. So there was some excitement built up, and then. You know, boom, he announced he's uh, reclassifying as expected. So you do still have some official visitors, right, coming up this weekend. And you alluded to this yesterday, that even from a transfer portal perspective, it could be a weekend to keep an eye on. And that makes a lot of sense, Tim, because you're about to go into a dead period from December the 18th through January the 11th. So if you really want to kick the tires on maybe a transfer portal target, whether it be on your campus or you're paying a visit to that player, kind of has to happen before, I guess, next Monday. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of up against the time clock here with everything you're doing now. I'm not sure we haven't confirmed anybody's coming in, but, you know, the process is pretty much a kid hits the portal. You have to start doing your research. There's probably a chance you at least know what kind of player he is. I think Alabama's scouting department would know pretty much idea of guys going in the portal, at least could whip up some cut-ups and some game film. But then you got to tell, you know, is he academically eligible? Why is he leaving? Is there any issues? You got to do background and all that. So the kick and tire process is pretty extensive in some cases. Now, sometimes you might have a guy you've recruited, you know, for three or four years in high school that chose somewhere else and you know exactly who they are. Um, maybe Trez Marshall's one, you know, I think the staff was pretty familiar with them when that, when he hit the portal. So, uh, yeah, this would be a weekend to bring them in. You got a small group coming in. Jaden Boz, the biggest one, the running back from Arkansas. We're all waiting to see what Alabama is going to do. The running back position, position, Kiwan Lacey, a target's committing on the 14th later this week. We don't feel like it's Bama. Daniel Hill, we talked about Daniel Hill, the running back from Mississippi a lot. And not sure exactly what he's going to do. There's been a, he's been on campus several times, and I think everybody's just taking a wait and see uh, wait and see approach. But then there's Jaden Baugh, who's committed to Arkansas and uh, took a visit to Florida this wet last weekend. So a guy from Georgia looking at Florida, Alabama, committed to Arkansas. So that running back position's probably got the best storylines coming in. But yeah, unless the portal guys pop up, I mean, it should be a quiet weekend. But I will say Alabama will be working behind the scenes on guys. And if you want to sign them early, this is the last chance to get them on campus. There you go. Big, big things on the recruiting front still to play out there for Alabama football. Let's talk some Alabama hoops, Tim. And as we've previewed here on previous editions of T. Watts and TR, what you had referred to as an elite eight-like run for this basketball team was on the horizon. It got started last Saturday in Toronto. Purdue takes down the Crimson Tide. Fun game, entertaining game. I thought Alabama played well over extended stretches of that 92 to 86 loss to the Boilermakers, but doesn't get any easier coming up Saturday with a trip to Omaha to take on an eight and one Creighton team. One week from tomorrow, Alabama stays out West, takes on Arizona in Phoenix. 
Your thoughts on first the Purdue performance? You make 19 threes and lose. I'm going to guess that hasn't happened all that often with NATO's teams. Yeah, I, th- I agree. I thought they played well. They fought hard. Purdue had the referees they wanted because you want to be physical. Alabama, don't get me wrong, Alabama was very physical um, with their big man. I mean, what do you have? 35 points, seven, eight rebounds. Was perfect from the free throw line. That's the thing that kind of stands out in a somewhat close game. This guy's knocking down 11-11. So you can't really you can't really get to a point where you're just hacking him, trying to get him to the line and splitting, you know, getting three and getting him to make one out of two free throws or miss both. You really can't do that. So um, I thought they played well, but the referees allowed a physical game. Uh, Pringle, and he certainly was battling. Wagu, he was battling in there. That's a big guy. You know, he got away with some uh, flailing and, and boxing out, but, I mean, that's what big bodies are for. I mean, you see it. All the time, a guy that big is going to have an advantage with his uh with his length. So, but I thought you know Sears shoot, come on, I mean that was crazy, that was a crazy, just a crazy thirty five from Mark Sears, yeah, yeah, just an amazing performance. It was you know it was beautiful. I mean, you probably want to see, still wait for Lot Ryland to get some more shots off. I think he had eight points and took a handful of shots. I still want to see him getting that eight to ten point shot, a eight to ten shot game, just to kind of see if he can get that confidence, but. I mean, overall, I thought they played well. That was a tough opponent, neutral court. I mean, that's kind of what you wanted to see where you're at. Uh, I felt better in that loss than I did in the other ones because I thought that was the top quality Final Four contender type opponent. Yeah, with Edie, it kind of is what it is when you go against a guy like that for Alabama right now with Wagi and Pringle and foul trouble. They only played a combined 28 minutes, which tells you, yeah, Nelson's 6'11", but you're pretty small throughout the game and trying to deal with that size in the front court, just two rebounds between Wagi and Pringle in the game last Saturday. And also Braden Smith for Purdue in the second half was a real problem. You kind of thought knew Edie was going to get his, but then Braden Smith goes for 27. You had that run for Purdue in the second half too, Tim. And Nate got the technical. And I felt like that was one of those technicals he had to get at that point with the foul calls going the way they were. I know some people, maybe even the commentator um, on the, on the game mentioned that Nate's T kind of started that run. I didn't, I think it was already going on. And also the threes flipped a little bit. Alabama made 13 threes in the first half, still made six in the second, but Purdue was able to answer the threes more in the second half, I thought. And I think maybe Tim has dropped off for just a second here. We'll try to get back up with Tim and see what we can do here. He needs a minute. He might be Adam Sheftering right now for us, collecting some news and notes again as recruiting in full go right now. And again, talking about Alabama basketball uh, and the performance against Purdue. And uh, we mentioned the technical for Nate. I didn't really have a problem with that uh, at that point because you were just getting absolutely hammered. Again, your front court options right now, assuming you play Nelson at the four, Wygi, Pringle, at least Wygi gave you some offensive production, 11 points in 20 minutes. Again, neither Wagee or Pringle were real factors on the glass. And so I think right now, Wagee gives you the best option of those two guys anyway, in terms of at least he can give you something offensively. Whereas with Nick, sometimes it's 
feeling more and more like you're playing with just four guys on the offensive end. And by the way, Creighton uh, will take on UNLV tomorrow night on the road. That game is going to air on CBS Sports Network if you want to check that out. And there he is. There's Tim Watts. Technical difficulties. Uh, We're good. We're good, my man. Uh, We were just wrapping up with Alabama hoops and kind of what awaits this team as it, again, stays out uh, on the road with uh, Creighton, an 8-1 and team, a uh, team whose only loss came on a neutral four, I believe, in Kansas City to Colorado State. Really got shelled, but otherwise you expect the Blue Jays to be formidable, especially in a true road environment. And then you look ahead to the middle of next week, and here comes another team who starts with an A, ends with an A in Arizona. Yeah, it's a good run. I mean, you wanted to see this. You didn't really expect the early losses they had. Puts a little bit more pressure. We discussed going into these three. If they come out of this one and two, two and one, you'd be absolutely thrilled. One and two, you can live with. Um, but again, we've discussed you get you gotta you gotta contain, you know, you're only gonna contain their big man so much. And you gotta, they've all got talent, they're all top teams. They're all, you know, the, another thing is they're all tested. These are guys that have already played a lot of these battles. Not that Bama hasn't played good teams, but not at this level. So get through these next two, regroup, figure out where you're at. You got a little bit easier schedule as you walk into the SEC, but the SEC is going to be tough. I mean, I was watching Tennessee, who's a very, you know, Kentucky super talented. Tennessee's a weird team because they're talented. They have runs where they look like they should be blowing people out. Then you look up there in the game, but they got some big physical guys that are going to, you know, going to battle with Tennessee. I mean, going to battle with Alabama. Yes, they are. Hey, uh, wanted to get your thoughts, too, on the Heisman Trophy. Jaden Daniels wins the award, as he should have, becoming the second LSU quarterback in the last five seasons to secure it. Um, Turns 23 next week, Jaden Daniels does. The other finalists, a couple of them anyway, the quarterback finalists, Bo Nix, Michael Penix, both those guys 23 years old. They're both going to turn 24 before they take a snap. Uh, in pro football, man, Tim, it's been a hell of a run for QBs who have made good use of the transfer portal as Daniels, Knicks, and Penix all did. And also that COVID year that is still in play when we look ahead to 2024. Yeah. Some of these guys are older than we are, right? You know <laughs> what I mean? They're, they're, they're coming I thought in. Joe tonight. Flacco might be a finalist, you know? Yeah, they're coming in. I mean, I think it's fair. I mean, it's kind of weird to see a 19, 20-year-old guy competing with somebody that's 24 with the family. You know, it's kind of like hopefully we get back to a normal schedule um, on a timeline. Uh, of course, that was a weird time to get extra years and everything that was happening. Um, but I thought Jaden Daniels deserved the Heisman. I thought he was the best, most impactful player in the country. Um I thought Milrow would actually end up in the top five. He was close enough, but I mean, obviously a jumping off point next year. Uh, I didn't see Quinn Ewers in the top 10, right? Nor Carson Beck. Uh, I don't recall seeing them. I'd yeah. And they're going to, they're, if Beck comes back, that'd probably be three of the top, you know, eight in the country. Um, as far as the highs, but I think yours and Jalen Milrow are going to be one and two. And then you have Dylan Gabriel will probably be up there too. You think? Yeah. Yeah. He'll be up there. Now he's, he's got some years. He's got some, uh, He's got some wear and tear on him, right? Dylan's yeah. got to be getting on up there age-wise. So. Yeah, Gus just about got him killed in a game against Louisville a couple of years ago when he was at UCF, as I recall. But, yeah. Yeah, so it's good to hide on it, is what, it is what it is. I mean, I'm not trying to be funny, but some of these people that I see voting on awards, it's, it's absurd. It's absurd because I know some of them. It's absurd <laughs> knowing how little friggin' football they watch and how jaded they are and – 
I mean, I'm surprised that the that I'm not surprised. I'll be honest. I mean, they just I don't I don't know. I don't I don't think much about those awards to be honest. I do the Heisman. I still think the Heisman's a good value. Pretty prestigious, yeah. Yeah, but it's still. I mean, you got you know you got all kind of first place votes from guys you know should be for. I still have always been of the opinion. You cut it to 10 or whatever, then you cut it down to five and make them vote out of that five so their nephew's East Kentucky field goal kicker doesn't get one first place vote. You know what I mean? Yeah. Narrow this list down. You can't get – it's like, hey, I'm the same way. You can't give me 30 options. You got to give me five. I make great choices then. Yeah, I'd start putting Paul Crew in there from, uh, you know, the mean machine in the longest yard. You know, you get a little fictitious with some of the players potentially. And, uh, you know, I was thinking of this too, speaking of the COVID year, Tim, and additional eligibility, you got some Alabama players with some decisions to make. You know, Alabama had senior day uh, about a month ago now or so, three weeks ago, I guess. And, you know, of these guys, Chris Braswell, Jermaine Burton, Justin Aboigby, Tresman Marshall, Jace McClellan, Seth McLaughlin, Malachi Moore, Quandarius Robinson, Tim Smith, and Roydell Williams, they all have eligibility remaining, whether it was related to the COVID year um, or a red shirt. You know, Justin Aboigby got a red shirt last year and he got the COVID year in 2020. So he could be a six-year guy, I guess. So when you think about those kind of names and you think about stay or go where the NFL is concerned, uh, a guy like Chris Braswell with the season he's had, can he can he help himself by coming back, I guess? He could certainly help Alabama in 2024, but uh, you think about Jermaine Burton. What is exactly his ceiling in the eyes of the NFL? Same for Justin Aboigby, especially coming off the neck injury from a year ago. I guess there's different things you have to take into consideration for all these guys. Yeah, I think Perth just comes in, you know, you you rely on your draft status. You know, Alabama's been pretty good about telling players <clears throat> what they were going to do. You know, that this goes back to like Elias Ricks. He was told he was probably an undrafted free agent. There wasn't there wasn't anything like, oh, he showed up with the injury. They know all this going in. The NFL will they will poke and prod you like an alien trying to figure out what human beings are made of. They're going to figure out a lot of this stuff, but um so I think you start with your draft status, and then I think it just comes down to: Do you like college? <laughs> you know what I mean? Do you do you like college? You know, Slade Bolden's a classic example who had time left and, and went pro, just ready to move on with his life. You know, um, and it might not be in the NFL, it might not be professional football. I mean, some of the, you know a lot of these guys have degrees and and people they know to to start working in the workforce and just have a normal life because being an athlete, I mean, it's. There's a lot of dedication there. I mean, a lot of dedication with the workouts and the eating and the limited stuff. You probably don't get to enjoy other college students do. But I think if you like college, you can improve your status. I think that's a chance to look and come back. I mean, we always talk about Damian Harris, who is still mad he had to leave Alabama, right? He just didn't – he didn't ever want to go. He loved college so much. And then, you know, a guy like Elias Ricks was ready to go um, as soon as he could. And he made the Eagles, of course. And uh, he's on the roster. So I get, you know, this comes down to bet on yourself, what kind of life you want to have and all that good stuff. But I think the majority of guys you mentioned, like Braswell, I think he can increase his stock. I mean, you saw, you know, he he would be the guy next year, you know, with Dallas Turner likely going pro. He'd be the guy just like Dallas was the guy after uh, Will Anderson. Not that they're they're not good players underneath him, but it's kind of just his show to run. It is. I I guess, you know, for some of these guys, senior bowl, 
things like that. Do you get invited to the senior bowl? If you have a senior bowl invite, you know, that can influence things too, right? And we do yeah. know from the Alabama perspective right now, Will Reichard, the kicker who has no eligibility remaining, he accepted a senior bowl invite last year though, and he still came back. So that's not sort of an ending point just because a guy you see maybe accepts a senior bowl invite because we saw it with Reichard last year. Now he's actually going to follow through and go to Mobile this time around. But uh, and from Alabama's perspective, you got to make these numbers work too. Now, the guys we're talking about here, I'm sure Nick Saban would be more than happy with having any and all of them back. But when you start thinking about early enrollees already coming in and the numbers that they are, uh, what you're trying to maybe get done in the transfer portal, man, there's just so much to juggle right now. You know, that kind of happened back. Remember when Najee came back? He didn't really tell him he was coming back. Remember, I'll never forget, we looked up. The coaching staff's like, we think he's coming back. He hadn't really told us. And we found out for sure because he was walking on campus and down the sidewalk with a backpack on in January. One of the posters, <laughs> one of the BLL roundtable posters was in class and went by and saw him and took a picture. So that affected Malachi Moore, who was going to be an early enrollee, right? So, you know, you got, like you said, you're still balancing numbers every, every quarter, every, you know, who to come in early. Bama's got 16 of 20 commitments, I believe. Uh, that are coming in early. So, yeah, you got to have the numbers to have them on campus and and you got to make decisions with like, can Roy Dale increase his stock? Jermaine, you know, go Jermaine Burton. I don't think he can increase his stock. I think he's a really good NFL receiver. I think he's going to be a good NFL receiver. I don't think he's going to be wide receiver one, but I think he's going to be that guy, two, maybe three in the right system. He's got good hands. I thought he had a great year this year. He's going to be emotional. You know, he'll have some questions to answer in those, uh, those interviews, but I think his his on-field product was good enough for him probably to to go ahead and head to the NFL. He don't strike me as a guy that loves college, but I know he loves football. Yeah, I think Jermaine Burton, like you said, he's a two-slash-three in the NFL, but I don't know how much more he can do to improve on that, you know, yeah. based on <laughs> speed and, and those type of things. Justin Aboibe, you've already had a neck injury. Yeah. You know, so it makes sense that you would go ahead. Jace McClellan has had multiple injuries throughout his NFL career. He hasn't had a lot of the load placed on him from that perspective of, you know, road mileage. So that's still relatively low, but he has had an injury history. Same thing for Tresman Marshall. You know, he's had multiple injuries previously at Georgia. Uh, Seth McLaughlin is an interesting uh, player to consider at his position. Alabama, obviously. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do at center if Seth does, in fact, move on. I believe he's getting his master's this month, so he's he's basically running out of school. What about Malachi Moore? You know, um, what more can Malachi do to improve himself? I think Quandarius Robinson should absolutely come back. He'll have an opportunity if he does. You would think to if, especially if Braswell doesn't come back, you would think Q would be right there at the top of that thing. At outside linebacker, Tim Smith has had a really good year, in my opinion. Uh, might make sense for him to go ahead and take the leap. And then Roydell Williams, too. Um, both these running backs, Tim. And Roydell, I think, has been very, very solid in 2023. Looks like he's totally recovered from that knee injury a couple of years ago. And unlike Jace, he's seemingly been able to avoid the nicks and bumps and sprains and those type of things that have gotten after Jace pretty good the last three or four years. Yeah, there's tough decisions coming. I mean, I, I do think it comes down to personality opportunity, obviously. The NFL feedback will be 
it is what it is. They're going to be more right than they're going to be more wrong. They're going to get you in the ballpark of where you're going to do. There's not many times we just have been – I can't think of many just shocking draft picks as far as going up high, not since Al Davis quit drafting. But other than that, I mean, there's usually going to be in the ballpark of that that draft status of what they've reported. Now, they still have a chance to up it on, you know, their – you know, the aid, you know, Alabama's, you know, the day they get to work out, the NFL combine, the interviews will go a long way towards all of that. But, and you're talking about a lot of good kids, like Roy Dell's a great kid, you know, for instance. The portal to this point, I guess, Tim, in terms of Alabama players uh, apparently going to move on, uh, Ja'Cory Brooks, we didn't have a chance to talk about him because he was later in the week after our show last week. And then we see Ann Quinn Barnes here in the last couple of days, anything shock you or surprise you or hit you as potentially impactful for this team with some of the guys that we're seeing make that move to the portal? No, nah, it makes sense. Ja'Cory wrote a great classy goodbye letter. I don't think it – I've never seen one better. That's about as good as it gets. We all know he's a good player, gave what he could, just you know, injured, needs a fresh start. Barnes doesn't surprise me. It disappoints me because – I never really got a chance to see him. He just never worked into the rotation. Massive human being, like massive. Like we got a special order his helmet massive. You know what I mean? Like, heck no, we can't get your shoes in store. You know, that kind of guy. So I'm hoping I've, he's got a lot of attention. I know I was talking to our uh, Billy Embody who runs the SMU sites and they were, they really liked him. So he's going to have some interest. I fall in that category. Maybe he was an offensive lineman the whole time and just never wanted to be in one. He's a massive guy. And um, just never really got a chance to play, but nothing impactful. Guys, you're kind of expecting, you know, you get, you know, you get to that point, you know, sort of like Amari Kite, you know, you want to move on, you've enjoyed your time, you've got championship rings, you've had, you know, but, you know, maybe the last year you want to be a little bit more selfish and play somewhere because um, they were certainly really good teammates. Yeah, I think if you're Anquin Barnes, you probably feel a little bit in the middle right now because you're seeing Damon Payne play more. You're seeing Tim Keenan play more. Guys that pretty much fall into your role that you would play. Uh, Jaheim Otis obviously playing a lot. And then Bernard Alabama, and Edric Hill, they're young guys. Edric Hill is, is Yeah, they're young guys some. that are coming up too, so that factor. James there. Smith, you know, you, you kind of are getting it from both sides right now and I'm with you. I think Anquin Barnes goes somewhere like a SMU or Power Five. Even I think he's got the ability to help. It might just be on a situational basis. Might be more of an early downs guy because you said it. He is absolutely massive. Anquin and he's Barnes. got some big stuff. I mean, he's no. not a guy that can't move at all. I mean, he's massive. It's not. That's. Not, I mean, that's just what stands out when you look at him. He's not a big stiff guy that can't move. It's just that defensive line, you know, had a, they had a good defensive line. They found a really good rotation, and he just never quite worked himself into it. All right, Tim, let's talk a little bit of Alabama-Michigan. Michigan favored still in this game by a point and a half, but I wanted to ask you this. Do you think anyone outside of the Wolverines' coverage areas will pick them against Alabama, whether it's a college game day or national-type outlets or – um, I just don't get a, a sense of a lot of confidence in Michigan in this game, despite the Wolverines being the top overall seed. Yeah, I think you'll have people to do it just out of spite. You know, you got – I think we've seen – we're going to see people that uh, will say Michigan just for the drama, also the ones mad Alabama's in. I think we've seen some of that even in the in the, in the the voting for awards. You know, I think we've seen a backlash right there. 
uh, to some degree. It's just human nature. You know what I mean? But yeah, I think there'll be people that pick them, but I don't, I don't think there's like, it's not, there's not something I'm going to be super comfortable with in my opinion. Um, I think, I think it's a game Alabama could, could lose, but I, I expect Alabama to win if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's, that's the way I lean. I, I see Michigan as a one and a half point favorite and it, it's, it's interesting to me because I, I think about at least before going much more below the surface, uh, the early matchups. And I think for Alabama defensively, it's going to start with no hero ball up front, fit the run up front, allow free runners to make tackles. You know, Blake Corum, a very good running back for Michigan, kind of reminds me of Ray Davis of Kentucky, maybe not as elusive or sharp with his cuts as Ray Davis is, but he's very determined, tough, not a big chunk producer like Jarquez Hunter of Auburn and some of the other backs that Alabama has faced. And I think if you're Alabama defensively, you got to prepare for quarterback involvement in the run game. I know J.J. McCarthy for Michigan was hobbled over the back half of the regular season, but this time off should help him with that. Um, and, you know, if you think of some of the games Alabama's played this season and defensively looking at it specifically, I'm sure Michigan would love to take some pieces from Auburn and maybe a little bit from Texas earlier in the season. But at the end of the day, to me, a Jim Harbaugh team is a Jim Harbaugh team. Yeah, He's not a guy right. that reinvents the wheel. He is, he is, has conviction in who his teams are and their identity. So for me, defensively, I think Alabama's just got to take care of their individual responsibilities and kind of let themselves uh, do a job on that Michigan run game from that perspective. Yeah, I think now that with Jim Harbaugh, I don't think he's scared. I think he does relish this game. I mean, he's played at a high level. He's coached at a high level. He's been in big games. He's got to feel pretty confident. I mean, how many Michigan coaches have beaten Ohio State three years in a row or whatever it is? I mean, it's that's been a while, right? That's been a while um, since that happened. So, I definitely the kind of guy to believe in himself and believe in his team and and all that, all that, all that kind of stuff. And it's a good team. I mean, you know, you don't know what you don't know. They haven't really played the schedule Alabama has, and it's not just the schedule. They haven't really seen the explosive type plays Alabama seeing monsters I mean LSU had a guy that she could have won that she won the Heisman and could have won the uh Belichnikoff. I mean we've seen so you know you've seen some guys I mean Georgia had back they had the best tight end in the country you know they had we you know you saw Jackson Dart you saw Lane Kiffin you saw Josh Heifel's offenses you've seen a lot of things so you've you know you're kind of like a batter who's in, you know in, in the, your fourth trip at bat you've seen a lot of this guy's pitches you know, so Michigan's going to, you know, to me, it's going to be hard for Michigan to do anything original to beat them. They're just going to have to line up and just beat them at the line of scrimmage. And you, that's what I think you have to bet on if you're Michigan. Yeah. Michigan also going to be without starting offensive guard Zach Zenter. Arguably, the Wolverines' top offensive lineman went down with that injury against Ohio State. Something else to consider when looking at matchups for the Alabama defense up front. For the Alabama offense, I think you touched on it. Jalen Milrow's legs, again, you know, Michigan has not seen a two-way guy like Milrow. McCord of Ohio State, no. The Iowa quarterback, nope. And then you also have some potential mismatch guys at positions like tight end, Amari Nyblack, Kendrick Law, and the way Alabama uses him. I think it all goes back to what you said, dynamic ability. Uh, it just across the board, really, but with an emphasis on uh, Alabama's offense 
compared to the one Michigan's going to roll out there. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm not disrespecting Michigan. It's just two completely different matchups to me. I mean, what you're facing. I think the defenses will try to be, you know, similar as what they try to do. Base defense, keep everything ahead of you, limit it, you know, take away the run. I'm just curious. I mean, another thing that's really standing out opportunity for Alabama is those running backs out of the backfield. There's some mismatches coming. I mean, you got speed guys out there, and I know Michigan has a good defense, but I just I still don't know if they've seen. Ohio State's got guys um, on the field. Obviously, they've got talented running back. They got talented uh, uh, wide receivers. Um, Marvin Harrison, you know what did win the Bilitnikoff. So they've got guys. It's just a different kind of offense than Alabama runs. Yeah, they Harrison. also have the dynamic quarterback. Again, I just think that like. Any quarterback, you don't have to run. You just got to be able to scramble and move that pocket. But a guy that can pull it down and run like Jalen is a is a game changer. I think McCarthy can give some Peyton Thorn to that offense if he is truly healthy um, with his situation on January the first. So where where I I lose it with Michigan a little bit in the run game again is Corum. Uh, he's not a chunk producer. I know that. Uh, the Wolverines have another option at running back uh, that does bring more of a speed element, can also throw it off the halfback option like we saw, I think it's Donovan Edwards, against uh, Ohio State. So uh, there are those things to, to think about. We've got plenty of time to get there, and, of course, we're going to break it all down for you right there at BamaOnline.com. So, Tim, I think it's time to head to that uh, roundtable mailbag if you're ready. Stuart, I did not glance at it. I always have that regret when I don't glance at it, at least. Going cold. I did like it last night. I did like everybody's post. We oh, do yeah. appreciate you sending them in. Great participation oh, in the roundtable yeah, mailbag thread. Yeah. Yes. They do, they do a good job. Absolutely. Ghost to Bryant, we're going to get it going right here. If Alabama were to get by Michigan, which other semifinalists would we match up best against in the championship game? Also, if you were named OC for the day, how would you attack the Michigan defense? So what do you think? Texas, a rematch with the Longhorns, would that be tougher than a first swipe at Washington or maybe the other way around? I think Texas is probably the better of the two teams, but I think Alabama would match, match, match up easier with Texas. One, the familiarity. You know, first of all, one, you kind of know what Sark does. I mean, not that you'd stop it just because you know, but you're familiar that Washington team to me is, is is sneaky good. And I said that leading into that Oregon playoff game is that, um, I mean, when you stop the run, which they are pretty good at, make them one-dimensional, and you've got a quarterback. And I know he misses some, but, boy, he'll hit some on you too now. He'll throw a he, – he's got that sidearm curveball throw. And me, personally, I want to see Texas, uh, the rematch, Bama versus Texas. That would be my preference going into that. And – um but I think either one of them would be a really good game. Yeah, I think other than Alabama, Texas is the most Alabama-like team that's in it in comparison to Michigan or uh, also Washington. I'm with you on the Huskies, though, man. They're that kind of team that you look up and they went 15-0 and 0 and won the whole damn thing when it's over. And you never and nobody's talking about you them. never really thought about them. Nobody um, says a word of – even now nobody talks about Washington, really. But I've seen enough of Sark's script work that that would concern me if I'm Alabama. Uh, obviously, once you get through those 15 to 20 plays. Um, but I, I think Alabama, it's pretty close for me with Texas and Washington. I think Texas is a four-and-a-half-point favorite. 
but as far as personnel and how they go about their business, I mean, Ryan Grubb, the offensive coordinator for Washington, is excellent. There's a reason why Nick Saban had him in Tuscaloosa about the OC vacancy last offseason before hiring Tommy Reese. So you're not going to get a day in the park. I would say you like the matchup with Washington better if for nothing else you wouldn't be playing Texas in Houston, you know? Um, And if you're a a fan and you're thinking about ticket prices, you want Washington to win that game because that ticket price is going to be a lot easier on you in Houston uh, if Alabama gets there than will be the home state Longhorns. I don't think there's uh, any doubt about that. As far as how uh, Alabama will go about attacking the Michigan defense, you know, I think Tim kind of hit on it too. Just trying in, in, in any area to get your speed matched up on their guys defensively, whether it's backs, whether it's Amari Nyblack, whether it's early with Kendrick Law out on the perimeter in space, uh, get Jalen some easy touches, maybe get him going in the run game early. Uh, try to get Michigan thinking or having to really exert itself, Tim, outside the hash marks, outside the numbers. And then you come back with that inside run game with that offensive line for Alabama that has certainly been uh, trending in a good direction here down the stretch. Yeah, I think you just want to see your Alabama players with the ball in space one-on-one as much as possible. Running backs out of the backfield, short passes to those. I mean, you know you can take the top off most likely. You know you can go deep. You know what Burton's going to give you. He's going to get fist fight for every ball. And you got speed. So anything short, I think you just create opportunities to take an eight-yard, you know, eight-yard play, 80 yards. I think you've got those kind of guys in the backfield. You got them at tight end. You got them at wide receiver. And you got a quarterback that can do it. Got a question here from Major Wood 482 uh, in relation to Ryan Williams. He's wondering about the uh, the rules on signing in December, even though – uh, Ryan Williams reclassified. Major Wood wants to know: Is he still, is he still allowed to sign in December? He can still sign in the early signing period if that's what he wants to do, right? Yeah, he's a twenty. Ryan's a twenty twenty four prospect, so he gets the, he has the same rules as Julian Sayan. There's no different. He is a twenty twenty four. He's just a late twenty twenty four. So yeah, he can sign in December if he wants. Only dot fans here. Wow, uh, on the roundtable mailbag. Uh, he's putting the over-under for Michigan rushing yards on January 1st, Tim, at 150. Mm. Which are we taking? Are we going over the 150 for Michigan running the football or under the 150, Tim? Um, I'll go – that's about the number I would pick. I'll go they want to go over 150, but I'll actually go under. I don't think they're going to do it. Now, McCarthy, he could be – he could equalize that a little bit if he's running more, like you said, if he's healthy. But I'll go under. I think it's going to be hard. I think Alabama's going to try to stop the the run first and foremost. Yeah, I think that McCarthy is the the X factor there. You know, if he's able to give Michigan something with his legs, I, I like their chances of going over. Michigan went over 150 in the Citrus Bowl a couple of years ago and still got thumped by three touchdowns. So, you know, Michigan is the kind of team, too, Tim, even if they get down a couple of scores, they're going to keep running it. I mean, they're yeah, not just going to get away from the run this game. game. If they get behind, yeah, if they get behind the scoreboard, they're going to have to, like, bring whatever they've got to get back. I mean, Alabama also can grind it out. So, I mean, you don't want to be down 14 and 
you're grinding it and they're grinding it, that game will be over before you know it. I like this one from the gingerbread man. What is your meal on New Year's Day that will bring good luck the rest of the year? I mean, that's an easy one for me. It's black-eyed peas, gingerbread man. My wife's as consistent as it gets. Uh, We got turnip greens, cornbread, black-eyed peas, ham. I don't know if I'm missing one, but she there's there's no choice. We don't even get asked what we want that day. She's bringing it, and everybody's taking at least one bite. Absolutely, that's a good question, though. Absolutely, so yours is black eyed peas, right? Yes, it's always been black eyed. Uh, supposedly, for every one you would eat, I was told this as a kid. Every black eyed pea that you eat on New Year's Day, you will get a dollar for during the course of the year. So I ate them. Yeah, the same person that told us that told us if we ate a watermelon to eat a watermelon (laughs) would grow. And if we swallowed bubble gum, it didn't come out for 27 years. Uh, I think, I think one time I was like, nobody's lied to me more than you have now that I'm an adult. I think (laughs) the person person who may have told me that was my uncle Creighton. Who also told me that beech nut, wintergreen, chewing tobacco was raisins here, have some. And I ate it. Thinking I it was coffee for 35 years because one of my brothers gave me ice cold sip of coffee on my way to second grade. He said, here, this will wake you up. He didn't even <laughs> warm it up. It was free. It's, I'm not talking iced coffee. I'm talking about been sitting on the counter for two hours. Oh, my goodness. Let's, we were uh, abused as children. We were abused. Yeah, we were, we were taken advantage of, I would say. It's not sure. like they let us ride on the interstate in the back of a pickup truck with a dog. <laughs> they made us wear we did the plenty of that. I, I used to have a lawn chair I'd sit in in the back of my, my grandpa's. I guess it was an F-150. It might have been an F-100. I, mean, I had relatives get in the car, light a cigarette, and roll up the window so the wind didn't mess up the, the smoke. <laughs> Never heard anybody say, oh, my, my grandparents burned them down and they would not crack a window. They Dude, would not saying, crack a hot window. Box and you're in there like getting secondary, you know, secondary. Uh, buzz off of that stuff loved them to death man but you know they would take me to elementary school and i i smelled like i'd been in a pool hall all night you know just reeking of marlboro reds uh bama maverick checking in here in the roundtable mailbag way too early guess but who do you see replacing turner and braswell keely alexander um we've seen jeremiah alexander actually working at inside linebacker over the second half of the season. He could obviously jump back and maybe even cross train if it came down to it. Obviously, Keon Keeley's a guy that's going to be mentioned. Quay Roussel, uh, Pierre, uh, Yonze Pierre. But I'm going to tell you, man, assuming Quindarius Robinson comes back, I wouldn't sleep on Q at all. Um, I wouldn't sleep on Keanu Coop either because we've seen him at spots this season. Tim, what do you think there? Yeah, I agree. Keon's the one I want to see the most, and I've heard good things about him. But I think Robinson, boy, he'll he'll show you something off that edge, right? He'll show you. Now, Jeremiah's not going to be a guy that's as wherever he ends up. He's not going to be as flashy and as sexy as as an ESPN highlight. But I'll tell you, he lays hands on you. He's physical. He goes through the tackler. You know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be hard. His work ethic and all that kind of stuff's going to be there for him. Hardworking guy, but. Um, yeah, I'm interested to see Keon's the one I really want to see get out there. Yonze Pierre, you know how we love Yonze. I mean, he's a guy that absolutely, absolutely could be a star. But they got some guys coming in that some young guys that waited their turn and their chance to shine. It's a good room to it's a good room to coach. So whoever is replacing Coleman is yeah. uh, get getting a, uh, a, a quite a quite a list of players. 
Yeah, Nick might be able to get a guy for a couple hundred grand less because of that room, you know. Come coach these guys for a couple years. Uh, Bama Maverick also asking, I'm guessing he's being specific to the defense here. Also, he asked, do you see another freshman having a Caleb Downs-like impact next year? I'm going to guess with the potential attrition at corner, there's one guy I have in mind, assuming he does, in fact, play corner at Alabama, which. You like Jalen? In Bakwe, right? Yeah, he's uh, he's interesting because, you know, he's that guy. We've seen the good history of guys who could play offense but chose defense. We've seen them do really well. Uh, you know, I don't think everybody knew that he wanted to play defense. I mean, he went and worked out at Alabama uh, as a defensive back for his camp with his camp experience. Um, of course, he could play offense. You saw what he did. I mean, that's the one thing. Ryan Williams was fantastic in that game, just as good as anybody I've seen. But Jalen was just as good to me. I thought Jalen, I mean, lined nine in the box, moving that strong guy, instincts. He was lined up on Ryan on that last play. I'm not sure if anybody noticed. He was out there one-on-one -on, -one on the boundary with him on the play where the quarterback kept and went up the middle. So, um, yeah, I think he's a guy that could come in. You know, you don't, it's hard to guess because we didn't really see him that often. Now, he's going to the All-Star game, so we might have a chance to see him at DB. Uh, imagine he'll be a little rusty, but I'm not going to put anything past him as far as shining in, in any kind of environment. Tied Steele here in the roundtable mailbag. This is related to Ryan Williams, too. He asks, how much discussion or interaction is there between you guys and your counterparts at other sites for other teams on recruits to which each team is linked? Tide still want to go behind the curtain a little bit, Tim. Well, I have good relationships. I know the board gets angry because they. I know they want to think we're like uh, the scene in Anchorman when every newscast showed up and they fought. We're not really that way. Some of these guys are my friends. We haven't had a lot of communication about Ryan Williams because I trust my sources. Andrew trusts his sources, and um, they've been right so far. And they, you know, they're trusting their sources, whoever they may be. But just depends on the situation and the publisher who we work with. I mean, some of these guys I've known twelve or thirteen years, and we work together on everything. So there's not a lot of animosity, but we're always going to lean to our information. But I'm. I'm the kind of guy that's not going to turn down any any rumor. I'm at least going to investigate it. So it's not like I hear something. I just pretend it's not there. I've heard, you know, we ask questions about is Ryan flipping. There was no nobody who thought Ryan Williams was flipping yesterday. Everybody thought he was going to reclassify, and he did, as he as he said he was. Tide Steele also says they say putting cinnamon powder under your doormat brings riches. My wife tried it before the Auburn game and before the SEC championship game. So should all Alabama fans sprinkle some cinnamon under their mats before early signing day, before the playoffs, or both? How about that? Cinnamon powder under your doormat. I feel like that's going to bring ants more than anything. Yeah, I, I, I maybe someone like, has a now maybe the winter too. Might be a I wouldn't do it problem. in the summer. I'm yeah. not doing it for the baseball team when it's warm. Nope. Those ants will be they'll be living yeah. in my bedroom. Make I've my never heard that though. Have you? No, but hey, whatever works for you is my thing. May not be for me, but hey, knock yourself out. Stu Hart here in the round table mailbag uh ask, have you two gotten tired of hearing the word flip yet? Well, I know Tim Watts for 20 years now. We've worked together for 20 plus years at BamaOnline.com. Well, whether he's tired of hearing it or not, 
it's uh, it's remained a staple in all this, hasn't it? Yeah, I don't worry about the flip. I mean, they've been talking about flips from day one. I mean, this is just part of it. You know, I, we get that question asked a lot. Um, we get that question asked a lot on the message board where it looks like that we uh, are. Do we get frustrated answering the same questions? We really don't. I mean, you got to remember, we live on the boards. We live on the site, but everybody doesn't. I mean, guy shows up and asks a question, and everybody's like, oh, we already asked that. But, I mean, the guy, you know, the gal, she shows shows up from work, 5 o'clock, takes a shower, smacks the kids, throws on TV, and then asks two questions on the message board. They're, they're, they're doing a bit – they're on a different schedule. So, But, no, I don't get frustrated with the flip or the repeated questions or all that stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just par for the course. I mean, the ones that are trolling – you know, we get rid of them pretty quickly, but the ones asking legitimate questions, that's what we're here for. I mean, we, we have the message board so we can talk about these things. Bama Breeze in the roundtable mailbag wants to know our thoughts on starters for next season in the secondary as well as outside linebacker. We talked about outside linebacker just a minute ago. So, man, when you think about the secondary, and as Bama Breeze points out here, there's the potential for Kool-Aid. Terry and Arnold, Jalen Key. Jalen Key's definitely moving on. He's out of eligibility. Malachi Moore, all moving on. Uh, well, you start with a pretty nice foundational piece in Caleb Downs. And I think Trey Amos certainly qualifies uh, as much of a shoe-in as you would think could be possible uh, for next season. But, boy, beyond that, does Devontae Smith factor into all of this at safety, maybe at star as well? Or they got little. some young corners they really like, too. Don't forget about Des Ricks, Antonio Kite, uh, Jake Pope at safety, little, Tony Mitchell. Well, Earl Little. little be, There's still a yeah, lot of pieces, he be healthy? right? Yeah, because yeah. they certainly think he's good enough. So Yeah, there's just going to be a lot of guys coming in. There's going to be a lot of guys that uh, have opportunities next year, and somebody's going to have to step up. I mean, we didn't really expect this from Terry on two years ago, you know? Still curious to see what he does, you know, in this grand scheme of thing. We didn't talk about him earlier. Draft stats could be huge. He certainly seems like a guy that enjoys the college life. You know what I mean? If your best friends miss Terry, I don't know if you want to rush out in the real world, right? I mean, that's a, that's a pretty good friend to have, you know, plus him and Jalen. He's best friends with Jalen. Yeah, so, I, mean, I think I think the difference for Terry and compared to some of the other guys that were all Bama, and my, Mark Ingram was this way too. And he still went out. Um, is that draft grade? You know the feedback that you get. I mean, if you yeah. get first round feedback, it's it's going to be hard to to say no, right? I mean, no, absolutely. If you're a fourth round guy or a second or third round guy, and that's your feedback, then hell yeah, stay in college, especially now, as long as you can, because you can nil this thing too. Yeah, and with Terry on for me, I think he's a. I, I know this. I know he's a pro. I don't know what he's going to be drafted at, but. I mean, if I'm a GM, you know how I love the NFL draft. I'm very intrigued by him. I mean, first of all, he's got a lot of tape. He had a lot of tape. He had a lot of opportunity this year. Second of all, he's a great athlete. And third, he's going to interview. His interview is going to be bananas. He might, you know, they might flip around, just make him the GM. He's going to be, he's going to be a very, very popular person talking to NFL guys because he's going to have all that stuff you're looking for, leadership, cockiness while being humble. You know, he's got all that, you know, that confidence while being humble. So he's got all of that. So really, I think for him, I don't think it's a I think it's a no lose situation for him. You know, absolutely. I mean, he's a he's a first team All American. He is a uh, a guy who's checked the positional versatility boxes both at corner and star. 
five interceptions tied for the SEC lead in that category. It's it's been a hell of a year for Terry and Arnold, regardless yeah. of what he chooses. And again, to do. and again, Nick Saban's going to sound off for him too. That's going to you know that's always carried a lot of weight. But when they ask you know what you know what he thinks of these guys, that's always carried a lot of weight. But with Terry on, he's another he's a guy that's going to get another one's will as well. But he's going to get the highest compliments. First of all, he don't have a choice to say anything bad without getting whooped by Miss Terry. But <laughs> he, uh, he, I think he's did everything he asked, and you can tell there's a, a good bond there. Let's check in with Bapt Man here in the roundtable mailbag. Right here he is, and wants to know: Is this Michigan team different from previous versions? And if so, how? We talked a pretty good bit about Michigan earlier. I'm going to go deeper on this. I know our staff will as well as the game gets closer. Just in what I've seen and as we talked about earlier, there's not going to be a lot of differentiating between one Jim Harbaugh team and another. I mean, he recruits to a style of football, a culture uh, that is his through and through. So just on the surface, I'm not going to be able to tell you, oh, yeah, now they're running shoot. Now they're four wides. They're not. I do, think give you, his, I do think some of his – They're going to give you 12, 21-type personnel, things like that on offense and and try to beat you up front, Tim. Yeah, I do think some of some of his teams are better scouted. I think he's got <laughs> better scouting reports in some situations. I still think we're kind of like forgetting that whole little aspect of everything. That got quiet, didn't it? Oh, That wow. got quiet. Alabama being in the playoffs well, Nick the did that thing sweep. ever to happen. He did that sweep of the condos across the street. You know he did. Yeah, those it's things. It's funny too. how that was like all we could hear about for weeks, and then it just went dead air. People came home to those condos, desks were overturned, ransacked, you know, looking for looking for uh, taps and stuff. Yeah, that'd been a good time to have your own an apartment rented out as an Airbnb. You could jacked that price up. <laughs> Saban rules 07. Can Alabama contain the quarterback runs and scrambles from JJ McCarthy? Well, we talked about that too. That's going to be critical uh in this game you got to think mccarthy again the health shouldn't be as much of an issue for him as it was down the stretch when he was essentially a non-factor running the football tighter 04 in the mailbag why do you think vegas has michigan as the favorite for the life of me i can't figure it out removing the crimson shades i still see bama as a two and a half or three point favorite unless i'm missing something i think alabama is still in that phase two though tim where sometimes the line has to be what it is to get bama money to come in Right. So I think this would be a way to get Bama money to come in as a one and a half point dog. I mean, one thing I've noticed is like, I mean, you got to think that the last few games they saw was Georgia and Auburn. So there is going to be some people that are conflicted about Alabama. It's not like Alabama just ran the tables this year. They had bad games. People can always revert to the South Florida game. But I think negative people revert to Auburn and South Florida. And I think positive people will revert to, LSU, Ole Miss, and Georgia. We're Alabama people, so we're going to go with the positive. Um, also, this could be as simply as how they figure out Alabama, Texas matches up with Washington, Texas matches up with Michigan, Texas beat Alabama by double digits. I mean, there's a lot of things that go into factor. I thought Alabama was going to be a one, one and a half point favorite. I don't think it's massive. When I checked the ESPN, I don't know who does their rank, their, their point spreads, but when I was checking this morning, I saw they were minus one now. So I feel like that was at two at one point, went down to one, went to one and a half, and is back to one. So, but I like, like I agree with you. I don't the point spreads, they they want us to bet. You know what I mean? They want you to, they want you to get in on that money. So they're like Travis said, probably trying to lure you in, 
But um, I mean, worst case is a pick them, right? Yeah, you I would know, think so. Worst, and worst case. It is interesting, though, because if Alabama is an underdog at kickoff in this game, when's the last time they were Alabama was an underdog in back to back games? Oh, that's a good, that's a great You got to go back to probably 2007 for that. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a name. Maybe I'm missing Char- something. They haven't been an underdog at hardly at all under Saban, but let Ooh. alone two in a row. Back to back? Yeah. Hey, and you uh, know what? If Texas wins, it's Bama, Texas. That's probably three in a row, right? I would think Texas is favored over Bama if they rematch, right? Could be. Yeah, and Houston, I would think that might play into that too. Although tickets, you know, people are going to find a way to get in the game if they want to go. Um but you talk about expensive for Alabama fans. If you want to do the Rose Bowl and then potentially a game against Texas and Houston, oof, oof, that's uh, going to be it's going to be pricey. Bonafide here in the roundtable mailbag. Any positive news on players who redshirted this year but look to make a impact on the field next season? I think I would think that it's been good stuff for those young offensive linemen, Tim. And then the defensive line as well. And then some of those young defensive backs that we talked about earlier, too. Yeah, not necessarily redshirt, but I know Jordan Renard, Edric Hill, I've heard good things about them. Um, the main guys, I mean, you know, a lot of freshmen played. I mean, we got a, we got yeah. glimpses of a lot of freshmen out there. So, um, obviously, two of them, all Americans and and just about as good as you get in the country, right? I mean, you don't all get the, much- all All five of the freshman offensive linemen have played this year. Yeah, they're going to get them in and get some work. I think that there's a ton of talent. I mean, again, it was the number one class in the country last year, maybe the best class ever on paper. We understand it's on paper, but those on paper classes for Alabama, uh, 08, 17, they turn out to be pretty good on the field usually too. You know, when they they hit those home runs with those classes, they turn out pretty good. But uh, a lot of the names we've already mentioned, we didn't – I think there was only four. Did I see Charlie Potter's report only four – didn't play this year. Was that right? Or four freshmen? I can't, I can't remember. I thought he had it. wasn't many. Most of them got playing time, even though they could still red shirt. But I do like you. I like the offensive and defensive line, and I think they're going to have an impact out there. Um, you know, have a chance to play next yeah, year. Yeah, you could you could even say the young running backs who compete. didn't play as yeah. much. Yeah, know? they're going to compete. I don't know if they're I mean, harder on the offensive line. You got possibly four starters returning. So, but there'll be one spot open. So, you you know, they'll have a chance to compete. Defensive line, they definitely have a chance to compete, right? With the, with the possibility of what they're losing. Sure, absolutely. Well, Tim, that's going to do it for the roundtable mailbag. That's going to do it for us right here. But head on over to BamaOnline.com. Stay locked in with us right there on the roundtable. Big recruiting weekend coming up, Tim. And as we talked about, is if there's the potential for some fluidity as it relates to visitors either high school or transfer portal even this would seem to be the weekend yeah oh yeah this is the one i mean it tends to be a disappointment where you're hoping for a surprise as far as a visitor and all it usually is disappointing but we've seen shockers i mean we've seen reuben foster you know i'm going to tell this story forever we've seen reuben foster in tuscaloosa on saturday when he started Friday on official visit at Auburn, I mean, we see, we see some wild things. So you never really know, um, you know, but like I said, not, not all surprises are good surprises. Sometimes you're just happy with the, with the presence you got. But I mean, we saw a huge news last night when the Dylan Rayola or whatever his name is, has been yeah. committed to George forever. I mean, that happened 
I mean, that, that that's was like surprise, that was like I a planned hit. That felt like a hit almost. That, like how they it, held that leads, off. Hey, Steve Wilfong and Chad Simmons are two of the best. When they start, you know, start digging on. When I saw that Wilfong crystal ball, I said, "Oh yeah." When that uh, yeah, Chad had it out there, and then Chad said, "Hey, there's some smoke." You know, it's almost like a, uh, it's almost like an alley oop. You know what I mean? Those two out there in the open floor, because I mean, you know, Chad got <laughs> it out there. Steve Duncan Hall. I mean, it went fast. I mean, in an hour, we had. We had all hell breaking loose, you know. So that's what I was saying. That's a recruiting time. It's a surprise, but then again, the guys. I think his brother, and played, his uncle, dad, is on his offensive uncle, line coach. Is yeah, and played and is a legend. At oh yeah, so it was all this whole thing. But you move out to Georgia. I mean, poor. I mean, Buford High School is going to end up to Georgia. It seems like again, like Lucy holding that football for Charlie Brown at Thanksgiving. They. Just I don't, I've same. never seen Isaiah an in-state Bond. school where everybody goes out of state, you know? Jake Pope. Right, they're still, they're still Lee. Yeah, K.J. Bolden, you know, one of the top safeties in the country. He's committed to FSU. Georgia's still working him. They got the big defensive lineman, Houston, committed to Ohio Seth State. This guy, this guy showed up as a commitment to Georgia and might be leaving Buford as a Nebraska Cornhusker. So, hey, recruiting is crazy. There'll be a lot more. We saw Jordan Seat last week go to Colorado. So, you know, they'll be excited. Hopefully it's not negative for Bama, but there'll be plenty of excitement coming down the pipeline. We're going to have it all for you right there at BamaOnline.com. Again, if you haven't subscribed to our YouTube channel, we'd really appreciate it if you do that right now. Hit that subscribe button. Turn on those notifications. You'll get all of our video content as it drops. But, of course, Tim Watts, myself, Andrew Bone, Joseph Hastings, Clint Lamb, Jimmy Stein, we're all right there for you at BamaOnline.com. Going to have all things Crimson Tide covered. Look forward to doing this again next week, Tim. Yeah, we love it. For Tim Watts, Travis Schreier, thanks again for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week on T. Watts and TR. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.